Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Game by Show podcast. Everyone, it's July the 1st. It's the 1st of July, not to be uh, confused with the 4th of July, which is in three days. Today is the 1st. My name is LeGrand Jolly, your host this evening. I am joined, as per regular, as always, with my two co-hosts, Jeremy Lamont and Dale Jones. You know, this is the first day of the month celebrating the family of the Julii. The Juliuses of ancient Rome, oh, yeah. and you know the, the great patriarch Orange Julius, and yeah. Uh, yeah, he had a striking resemblance to our president, is what I hear. <laughs> uh, well done. If he's listening, he's gonna tweet mean things to us. Et tu, Orange Brute. Et tu. <laughs> yeah. So what's new, guys? Hey, there's a party at my house, and Jeremy's invited. Hey, yeah. And listen. If there's any game by show bros that live in Utah that want to come to my house for the Fourth of July, you are welcome. So just there hit you me go, up. Dale. Come on down. You got to you got to social distance. So no. shoot shoot those Roman candles at each other from six to ten feet away. Yep. Nope. We actually don't even buy fireworks. We watch all the fireworks from on top of my hill. It's in the backyard. The, the only thing more wasteful of money than fireworks is like alcohol. <laughs> you know, it's like there's a bunch of things you oh, literally man. like shooting fire up. Do firing, you know, setting yeah. your money on fire and like throwing it up in the air. That's why it's so great. It's like because you you can literally burn and piss your money away, literally, on July. I, 4th. I can't believe it. I can't. Believe, I've got I've got Perfect. too much too many video game experiences. What is more American, Jeremy? What could be more American? It's true. There is nothing more American than that. I concede the point. And wearing a face mask while you do it. Is that American at this point? Sure. You know what? I want to get one of those. Have you seen the ones they use at raves that are you can like program them and they're all like LED? Oh, like a dude in Watch Dogs. <laughs> yeah. I want to get me one of those. Or like Daft Punk. Oh, like Daft Punk. You want to wear? Yeah, that that Just guy in Wa- Watch Dogs Two. You guys remember that guy? Watch Dogs Two. Oh you yeah. Guys remember that? Actually, you now play that you mention it though, I, I do. I do think that the Daft Punk mask aesthetic is maybe more my yeah. style. Either that, either that, or I'm gonna go with Ram Man from uh, from the Masters of the Universe. <laughs> those are my those or are my two like, choices. Uh, he didn't Master have a mask Chief. over his over his uh, face though, did he? No, but what was he wearing? It was a mask. Yeah, they had a, had, a, had a hat. It's like a metal head and spring legs. He does so have spring legs. I want Jim that. Carrey in the mask. When he's wearing the mask, is that sufficient, or does he then need to wear a mask? Another over mask, the mask over the mask. Oh shoot! Asking the hard you know what? questions. You know who can solve this question for us? Social media. I'm sure they have an opinion on this. Uh, they probably could. No, listen. You know what? The mask that he, that Jim Carrey puts on in the mask had a little a little mouth hole. Oh right, so it's not safe. Yeah. It's not really safe. Yeah, true. Sorry. True. Dad. Just put a little bit of chewing gum on there and block that right yeah. off. What? Yeah, of all things, yeah, put chewing gum in there. That'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> As the first thing that comes to Jeremy's mind. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to plug something to block up. Block off the hole on that you mask. Put chewing gum in there. Chewing gum. Perfect. Yeah, I get it. Perfect. Yeah, no problem. So we solved it. Well, guys, welcome to the show. It's Wednesday. Is it it Wednesday? is Wednesday night. It is Wednesday. Wednesday night, and, and the feeling uh, is right. It's Odin's some... day, the the first day of uh, celebrating Odin from the Greek pantheon, from not the Greek pantheon, the Norse pantheon, from way back when. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say I've been playing all, only Greek games this holiday season. Um, I was talking about Assassin's Creed Odyssey last two weeks, and I've been playing a game called Hades. Hades, which is a game. Hades, uh, Hades, Hodes. Yeah, this is a game where it's actually in early access. I broke my law. My law, I broke. Um, I usually don't want to play early access games because it's usually not content complete. But this one's basically done uh, now, right? 
yeah, so they came out with their last pre, their last like early access patch, um, and they actually been naming their patches and blah blah blah. Anyway, this game was uh released exclusively on the Epic Store for a while, and now it's on Steam. And then as well. finally released I on PC. It's gonna come to the Switch. It'll be on all the con- all every other console at some point. Super Giant Games is not saying anything about it, but uh, I picked it up for ten bucks, which is a steal. Oh my gosh, that's a good price this point. game on the Epic Game Super Mega Epic Sale that happened a few. I want to say I might have bought this the other day, or maybe I didn't. I don't know. I, I was definitely looking. Dale, at you've now been marked. So. We know that you can't keep track of what you've got. <laughs> oh no, it's. Uh, I've, I've got thirty-seven thousand points. That's ten thousand more points than yeah, I had from check, last check week. Your and twinkle I have no points, idea how I got them. Ladies. No, it is. It is still on my wish list and not in my library. Right. So. Well, it's twenty dollars, I believe, on the Steam sale right now, and that's probably also worth it. Yeah. Uh, so this is a game made by Supergiant Games. This is their fourth game. They made Bastion. They made Transistor, uh, Transistor and they made Pyre. Pyre. Uh, of which I completed all three of those games. I beat uh, Bastion like four times. I've beaten Transistor twice. So, I played through Pyre, and now Hades. If I haven't played any of their games yet, what order do I have you to can't play? Wrong. Yeah, you amazing. can't go wrong. They're all amazing. They're all fantastic. And here's the weird thing. is like um, I'm, okay, I'm okay with... This is game is a, a roguelike game uh, where you play as the son of Hades, and you're sick of being in hell, and, well, you're going to break out of Dad, it. Dad, I'm so going to be you, in my room. <laughs> And so your uh, and so your rogue like runs are you trying to break out of hell? Meanwhile, Hades has kind of built hell in such a way to keep people in. So uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny how that works. So it's you trying to get out. But uh, so I, I kind of have a love hate relationship with rogue like games. Like I like them, but then there there are games where you feel like you're not you're making progress, but you're just doing the same thing over and over again and, and dying every time. Like so, you make progress by losing and dying. Right, and so. And so when this game came out, I was like, well, God, Super Giant Games, I'm a huge fan, but they're making a roguelike, and, you know, those are cool, but not really my favorite thing. I really like and... roguelikes. They're, they're well, here, here's the thing. I mean, I, I want to posit something to you for the discussion of this game. I, I posit, my hypothesis is, there is no such thing as a roguelike anymore, because it is always that roguelike elements are incorporated into some other genre, and it becomes the recessive gene in some other kind of game. This looks pretty roguelike. Uh, uh, absolutely. I, th- I think you're absolutely correct. Like, for example, FTL is a roguelike, but it's yeah. not anywhere. Yeah. Close to so you almost have you almost like, have so to talk about what else it is in order to even. Yeah. 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 So this is a roguelike action, uh, beat 'em up, smashy smash. This is game. real time though, and not turn based, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say, looking at it, it looks like kind of like Diablo. It's like a third th- isometric character action kind of game. Yeah. Right? Diablo. You say that. Which started out as turn based and then evolved into real time during development. Diablo really? is turn-based? Oh, you mean they started it that way. Okay. Yeah, originally it was huh. going to be. Interesting. I had no idea. Um, anyway, so I, I wasn't really too keen on this game when it was announced. And I was like, well, whatever. Maybe I'll play it eventually. And I was really mad that it came out to early access. So I'm like, well, I'm definitely not going to buy it now, right? Um, but I, everything I heard about it when it first came out was that it was really, really good. And so being that it was only $10 and being that I'm a big fan of Supergiant games, I picked it up for 10 bucks and... Um, I've been playing the hell out of yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I watched you play uh, it for five no minutes, and I'm like, oh, that's great. Yeah, dude, it's fantastic. And so here's the thing with Supergiant Games. Here's what you get. Every time you play a Supergiant Games game is you get a top-notch art, like fantastic. Every single one of their games looks 
amazing. It has its own unique style, but still retains some of the same core because uh, it's the same artist. I can't remember what her name is. Uh, it's a it's a female. I can't remember her name on the Super Giants uh, staff. But there's only there's only yeah, like the five same, people on same that great team. fantastic art. There's like maybe eight, I think, at this point. Um, you get fantastic voice acting. You get fantastic writing, and then you get fantastic game like gameplay. Like every single one of Super Giant games has been a ninety five percentile game like fantastic every single Absolutely. one um i think the weakest link of all of them just because it's so different is probably transistor but even then i love transistor too just because every other element um just adds up yeah. to just a fantastic experience the soundtrack is also amazing so they've got the guy logan cunningham who does well all so music. it's so Man, i looked it up so gen z is the artist uh darren korb yep. is the one who's famous for doing music darren korb yeah. sorry logan cunningham does uh journey uh, Logan Cunningham was the voice of the narrator. I'm not sure exactly what he is on their staff. Uh, I think he might have. Oh, he he does voice. Uh, I guess typically. Darren Cor- Darren Corb does the. He's on all the music. Yes, the correct. Games. And they usually have like a. Usually they have like so a really awesome soundtrack, yes. and then they have like a song that's like a ballad or, that there's yeah. somebody singing. Uh, they did this in Bastion, they did it in Transistor, they did it in Pyre, and they also did it again in Hades. There's a character in the game who sings a song, and it's the same in all in all the games. They always have these elements yeah. in their games. And every game has been um, very, very different. This one plays more like Bastion plays, but it's a very different game in that it has those roguelike elements where you're uh, fighting your way to get out of hell. Um, and so hell is kind of broken up into these different areas uh, with different themes. The first one, you're kind of just in like the castle dungeon area of hell uh, where Hades lives. And then uh, the next one is like a lava level where you're, you know, swimming, you're floating through lava on these boats. And then the third level, you're in Elysium, which is this garden area. But uh, there's still always these uh, mean bad guys that are um, trying to stop you and bosses, which happen. Meanies. Bosses are the bosses are just like uh, they're on Hades' staff. Like he's got like he's got the uh, the staff of people that are trying to stop you. And that's the funny thing is when you die, you respawn back in this pool of blood back in Hades's house or your house because you you're the son of Hades. And and then uh, the characters that you're fighting against are there, and you get to go talk with them. Like hey, and they all know that you're trying to get out of hell. And and like Hades is not like forcibly stopping you. He just knows that it is so insane down in hate in hell and his <laughs> his world is built in such a way that you're not going to get out anyway so he doesn't care that you're trying because he doesn't think you're ever going to do it does your character uh, have a name uh zagreus is his name zagreus okay. and i don't know if that's that necessarily a no i think they, they made that up but all of the other characters like you mentioned they're all from essentially from greek mythology so uh i saw you talking to orpheus who yeah. was famous for descending into hades uh and bringing out eurydice but he looked back and she you know was able to go and he was taken back to hades yeah. uh theseus who uh you know fought the minotaur um you know now now there so it does kind of that same god of war thing where it's like hey we're gonna pull the the who's who of your favorite greek mythology and and the thing that you didn't even see as as well jeremy is that um all of the gods that live in olympus they all want you to get out of hell (laughs) they want they want you to succeed and so as you kind of are you know trying to get out of the world every time you go so the roguelike is it's a randomized dungeon of sorts you're going into these different rooms you're presented with different scenarios and different bosses or different uh enemies to defeat and then every time you defeat them you're going to get a buff and so you may get uh so you may run into Ares, and the Ares is going to give you a choice of all these buffs you may run into athena you may run into zeus you may run into um all of them artemis like they're all uh they're all in there sure um and so Every time you finish a, a level, then you you 
get a buff to your character. And this is like the random element of these roguelikes. Usually roguelikes will incorporate some sort of randomization where every run is is going to be good and different in its own specific way. Um, and so that's the, th the thing with this game with all these characters is they all have very distinct personalities. And when you talk to them, um, you have these conversations with them. And, they are, and they're all different and unique. And the writing is fantastic. The voice the voicing is, is really good, too. Um, Zeus is... Or not Zeus. Hades is probably my favorite voice. He's like this bored guy and it's funny because if you if you run around like the house um he's sitting there at his desk and you got all these different ghosts that are coming up and people who have just died who are kind of requesting you know different different things and he just sits there in a bored way and kind of addresses you know, yeah stuff. i love that that is all so on point i love that the gods of olympus are sort of conspiring because that's so on point for the way they are and hades got the you know of the three brothers poseidon zeus and and hades he got like the the bad job and so he's like <laughs> not real happy with it he's you know got to deal with all of these mortal souls all the time and yeah. everything's just miserable I, I like that and i so i like that in the same way that uh again i just have to kind of compare it to god of war where they've taken the source material and kind of twisted it in their particular way it seems like they've done a really good job and and i would say i mean the, the the art direction and the scenarios of god of war they're a thing but this is you know like you said all of super giants um methods you know they 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 have in these 10 years or whatever that they've been around really carved out a little niche for themselves and they're really good at what they do um and this this just seems like and you know every time they every time you do something you get better at it right so this just seems like although although the i guess the genre of the game might be a little bit different from what you might expect it just seems like they are just like exquisitely doing super giant with this i'm, I'm just really exactly. excited by it yeah it's uh again i mean i didn't really know what to expect aside from i knew it was probably going to be good and it's kind of blowing me away and i am absolutely loving every second of it the soundtrack is amazing how again. um how, how random so every every run are the rooms randomly generated and i mean is everything random except for the stuff that you carry over from one run to yep. the next okay. yeah and so you do get currency that you take um that you acquire in the world and this is how you level up and progress as you get more powerful throughout um every time you come back with this this currency that you can spend on talents and upgrades to your character like every roguelike has these yeah. talents, right um but yeah, the, every I mean, you start to come, you start to notice the rooms, the the layout that they come in. But the enemies are always randomized, and there's certain enemies that exist in these different areas of the world. So the the dungeon has a specific enemy type, and the fire area, the lava area, and Elysium has a different type of enemies, and they all have uh, unique boss battles at the end. And the boss battles are the same. But the funny part is, the first boss battle you're fighting against uh, this character named Megara, um, which I don't know if that's from. Greek mythology yeah that's not, a that's a name that's familiar to me so yeah she's like a, a fury she's one of the furies uh right. she was Furious she was the uh the main uh love interest in the disney hercules movie actually yeah there you go so okay. she she was the one she was carried off by nessus the centaur i think like he got poisoned and she i don't, I don't remember it's been a while but yeah she's she's someone yeah so she's like the first boss that you fight and the thing is is you like run into her at home too and you're like talking to her and having these conversations like, well, I guess I'll see you later. And then you find her. She's like, well, here I am again trying to stop you. You know, Hades wants me, doesn't want you to go. So he sent me up here to fight. Better you. fight. Let's, let's, let's fight. And then you fight and you beat her. And then she shows up back in hell and you show back at hell when you die and you have another conversation. So it's like this. It's like this really weird, cool. All the characters. Are I was really just going to say, I'm well glad you used the awesome. word cool because everybody like the, the, the main character seems like really cool. Like the voice actors, just like real smooth. The yeah. animations when he gets out of the pool of blood, he just kind of like brushes it off and kind of just saunters out and stuff it's like well here we go here again. again yep are the levels procedurally generated or is it the same maps every time it's they're procedurally generated they're just kind of in different order so it's not like they're random layouts 
It's just like maybe there's 10 different map layouts that are randomly projected in front of you. Usually when you beat a level, uh, you're kind of told what the next buff is going to be. And sometimes you're given the option to select between two different types of buffs. And the more that you play the game, the more you familiarize yourself with Poseidon has a specific type of buff. And Artemis has a specific type of buff. And Ares has a, a way to buff you. And Zeus has different things that he can give you. And so you can kind of pick and choose from the buffs that are presented to you at the end of a, a of an area it'll say cool you can go this way and the next room will give you this buff or you can go this way and this one may give you money we can spend in a shop or this one may give you you know whatever and so um as you kind of start to kind of familiarize yourself with the the different buff types and the different characters and what they do for you uh, you can kind of pick and choose and kind of build your character in a specific way along the way. But you still are always waiting for that perfect run, right? Like Just like every roguelike, yeah. you got to nail that perfect run where you get exactly the buffs you need. You get exactly the boss fights that you want. You get exactly the enemy types that you want. And then you just... How, you know, how much does that game. depend on equipment? It seemed to me, looking at the at the patch notes, that it's just like a ton of random stuff. I mean, is it... Is it, it makes me think of something like um, uh, uh, Dance of... Uh, sorry, uh, Necrodancer. Um, crypto, two, two, crypto, Necrodancer. Crypto is a Necrodancer, where, you know, it's like you want your shovels, you want your different kinds of weapons. This has this I, certain spread. I think spread. it's less than that. Less than I, that. I, I think whenever you pick up a buff, it gives you an option to pick from three. And so... So you have you have your main weapon, you have a special attack, and then you have like a a, a casting magic ability, and all of those can be kind of modified and enhanced. Hmm. Um, and like any good roguelike, there should never be like a bad option. It should just be a different option. Yeah. Right? And so it's it's almost like you don't feel like there's a bad decision to make. There's just a bad actually decision rogue to make. would have items that would kill you if you yeah that's tried true to use <laughs> like it, yeah. potions you could drink that were actually poison. And so I, I, I think I think that's the good part about this is I never feel like um, I'm to the point now where I'm consistently getting kind of to the same area. I'm getting to Elysium every single run now, it seems. I beat the huh. first and second boss. I get to Elysium. I make my way through there, and I get to the end boss, and either I beat him or I don't uh, of Elysium. And then the next area, yeah. um, I, I believe there's probably four areas, given there's like a little map that you can see. Um, so I, I feel like I'm making my way... My, my way through, my progression is going really well. I just unlocked an ability that allows me to defy death uh, one more time. So I basically have another life bar to go through. And so there's, and so like every good roguelike, they don't want you to never win. They want you to be able to win, but they want you to progress through yeah. their their game the way that they want you to progress through it and have a good time doing it. So that progression is meaningful to eventually get you to the point where right. you can beat. The well, game. and that's the key is that when you die, I mean, there there are there are ones where it's like every time you die and you're like, ugh, like it just feels bad, right? And yeah. I don't does not get feel the that sense way. that yeah, I don't get the sense that that's the case. Yeah, here. And, and there's lots of different weapons too, and and I was showing you Jeremy before, but there is so this this currency that you get, uh, I don't know what it's called, but um, every single time you start a run, there's like six different weapons you can you can choose from in this game to play with. And every time you start a run, one of those weapons will give you bonus of that currency if you use it. And it changes every single time you do a run. So it kind of forces you to, like, not... Try different you know, things, yeah. Try different things. And, and I've been surprised that none of the weapons I've really felt bad using. They all have their strengths. They all have their mm. weaknesses. Like the, the, like the bow and arrow, for example, does not shoot as... It's not as powerful, but you can attack from range, you know. And, and of course, as you're playing throughout the, the game, you're also unlocking these different... Um, abilities that kind of boost it in different ways to make it more powerful and stuff and 
Uh, there's also these passive items that you can equip, and so you have a personal relationship with all these characters. You give them an item, and then they give you this—they uh, give you a, bo a bonus passive item you can equip to yourself. If you continue to do that with different characters, then you can unlock even unlock even more. Uh, now that I've unlocked all of the weapons, which I have, now you can actually get different forms of those weapons. And so, like you said, Jeremy, the, like the the customization options and the different randomizations and combinations of skills and abilities and weapons um, is insane in this hmm. game i think that's i think that's the reason probably why they went to early access with this game is because there's so many different options they wanted to balance it and they wanted to get as much testing data as they could uh, across the board over as much time as they could just to make sure that they got that balance just kind of tweaked perfectly so that it felt good when you played it you the bulk of the uh the most recent patch notes were like just gobs of like change this added this remove this item they only removed a yeah. few but a lot of it was just like changing stats and things like that yeah, there was one item that I got on an early run. Like, the furthest run I've ever gotten actually happened on, like, my third or fourth run ever. And I got this item that gave me um, health back when I attacked. Nice. And it was awesome until I got... I, so I beat that, that boss that you saw me fighting at the end where I died. And I beat that boss and then got to the next area. And the next area just had these monsters that were just... Too much. Insane. Yeah, there yeah. was just too much for me at that point. I think if I probably had that item now with the skills I have now, and especially with the experience I have playing the game, I probably would... And I almost maybe be able to finish it, but even since then, I felt like, oh man, that's the only way I'm going to be able to beat this game is if I get that item. Right, and, and then and then when it comes, I've, you're I've like, it's on hard. now. Yeah, if I ever get it again, but it's all, that's an item that's only available if you have, are playing with the sword. I actually looked it up. If you're playing with the sword, and if you get the specific buff from the specific character, um, will you get this wow. specific item? Uh, which is fine because the thing is, is like I never thought I'd get that far again, but now I've gotten that far again. You know, right. so it's not like. I wasn't ever able to do it again. And right. so anyway, I would recommend Hades to anyone who likes uh, super giant games. First of all, second of all, anyone who likes roguelikes, uh, it's probably one of the best, if not the best roguelike I've ever played. Um, especially, and if, as an action game, it's also just fantastic. The combat's fluid. The animation's great. The art, the voice, the characters, the voice acting, the soundtrack. When they release a vinyl version of this, I'm probably going to get it. Oh, they will. You know? Yep. And they will. Um, Anyway, it's, it's, it's awesome. So Hades is a great game. Everyone should play it. Excellent. And that's it. That's it what I've been good. playing. Looks good. It Sounds good. good. Uh, I'm going to be playing that pretty soon, I think. Sweet. Yeah, you should get it, dude. Uh, Dale, you've got uh, Darkest Dungeon notes. to play. You just bought that. You got to... That's true. <laughs> yeah. I want to know the story. Don't otherwise. give in to hate. Play Hades. <laughs> well, if you think about it, Hades is the Darkest Dungeon in a way. It's just full of fire, so it's kind of light. <laughs> but, it's, but it's dark fire. Evil fire. That's intense. Yeah. So, Dale, well, speaking of evil fire, what have you, what have you been up to, man? Uh, so, if I say the words Runeterra, do you have any idea what the hell that is? It sounds it's like a card game. mobile game, card game. Yeah, but do you, do you know what Runeterra is? Like, like not, you know, not that it's a card game. Oh, uh, well, I happen to no know, I, I, I believe that it has to do with the uh, spread of the League of Legends. Is it League of Legends that's getting all of the... Yes, it is League of Legends. So the, so it is the universe of League of Legends. The cinematic the, universe. League of Legends Rune cinematic Terra. universe. Yeah. Um, and and you, you mentioned the spread of the viral contagion of yeah. that is League of Legends. Um, they're exploding it. They're, so there's... Of course, there's League of Legends, which has been around forever. Um, there's also something called Teamfight Tactics, which 
I think that might just be a sub mode of League of Legends. Do you guys know what that is exactly? I think it's its own separate game though. It's is like it that its own auto battle thing? or chess, auto chess or whatever. Auto. Okay, that's what it. Yeah. All right. For some reason, I was yeah. thinking like, what the heck is this thing? But yeah, it's it's the auto chess thing. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's also their their take on the uh, digital collectible card game, uh, and that is Legends of Runeterra. So that's 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 crazy. That's I mean, I guess I, what was it? Maybe a year ago that Riot came out and announced, like, "Hey, we're going to make all these other game types." And everyone's like, "What the?" Yeah, yeah and they they're also coming Rising out. Like Thunder. Valorant is the other thing. The the team yeah, yeah, Valorant is, Valorant is another thing. Yeah. Uh, that that one though is not League of Legends affiliated. That's like it's a, so its own separate. Yes. Oh, I didn't realize that. It is its own separate world. That's what I, I thought as well. That it was that one is very much like an Overwatch knockoff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whereas uh, this one is for that it plays like Counter Strike. It's more Counter Strike knockoff than Overwatch. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, th- I'm thinking of aesthetics and not mechanics. Uh, but yeah, you, you're right on the mechanics front. Um, well, it's got some of both. This we'll, one is, uh, like I said, this is the digital collectible card game. So it's very much inspired by Hearthstone. Um, uh, also very much inspired by blizzard in terms of like art direction but i think that just comes from the legacy of what you know what is league of legends it's it's a knockoff of dota which is literally created using warcraft assets um so uh i guess what i would say about this game is that they have really dialed it in like this might be the best one of these that i've played a and card I've, game, you mean? Yeah, and I've played more or less all of them. <laughs> <laughs> this is really good. Did you end up trying out just out of side quick side note? Did you end up trying out that Lord of the Rings one that uh, Jaren and I played? That we I really did. Liked? Yeah, I like that one too. Okay. The only deal with that one is that it's basically like a single player only. Experience. Yeah, single player campaign. Yeah. <laughs> at, well, at or co- cooperative. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and no, no, I thought that was interesting and cool, um, but. Yeah, something about this one caught my eye. I think it's because somehow or other I've ended up um, getting the feed of a lot of people that like work at Riot. And so I just kept seeing it mentioned and whatnot and seeing like, like you know, links to preview videos or whatever. And so I was just kind of thinking, I should try that out, you know, what what the heck? And then um, was it last week, uh, Jeremy, I think you posted like a here's the Twitch deals or whatever. So I was oh, like yeah. looking at the Twitch deals. Uh-oh. And I was like, it was like, oh, here's some like Legends of Runeterra. Free stuff for Runeterra. That's how they get you. Yeah, and I was like, I've got a League of Legends account from like a decade ago, the last time I played it. Um, let me just, you know, I'll just download this and see what it is and get my redeem my free crap and uh, you know see what the game is because I, I, you know, I just downloaded it, installed it, and in the game it's literally 300 megabytes, and I downloaded it in like three seconds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, I mean, it's it's pretty trivial. And, um, and yeah, I've been playing it over the last week. Um, and so when I say they've got it dialed in, I don't mean just the game experience. I also mean the like doling out of rewards and like dangling of hooks, you know, to like keep you coming back and the rate at which you like gain experience and level up to get that next reward. Mm. It's all like highly optimized. It sounds like they're getting you over and over again. <laughs> oh yeah. They're, they're really getting you with this one. And not only that, but the um, UI is and and the like the menus and everything are sort of elegant and attractive and functional and not really um, hard Busy. to grasp. You know, mm-hmm. um, they're user friendly. I would say uh, all that plus the 
the game the the way the game plays is also really interesting for a card game. It's mostly what you're familiar with. However, um, the players take turns being able to attack or not attack. So the, the the game proceeds in rounds, and in any given round, it'll be like I can attack, and then in the next round you can attack, uh, and it goes back and forth. But what it lets you do is like summon your creatures during your opponent's turn like but before they declare their attackers then you can like choose your blockers or whatever Mm. um and it kind of messes with the rhythm and the flow of the game in in kind of an interesting way because then what that does is open up sort of like game design space for them to have mechanics on cards that tinker with that that can like give you a chance to attack even when it's not your turn um so that there can be two attacks in that round um, and then you also get sort of interesting card mechanics that I, granted, I haven't played every single season of Hearthstone. I haven't played every release of Magic or anything, but um, some abilities on cards that I hadn't seen before in a game like this. Uh, and I'll just call out one, which is, I don't know what they call it. Uh, I, it slips, the name of it slips my mind right now, but what it lets you do is... If your creature, if your minion or ally, what are they calling them in this game? If your little guy that you're sending out to attack has this ability, you can then select which which um, blocker comes out to fight against him. Uh, a lot of times in games like this, if you're on the blocking side, you get to allocate blockers or or even decide not to block if you don't want your guy to die. Right. Um, in this one, you actually some of the characters have that ability that allow you to pick the optimal match for like, if you, if there's a guy on the other side that you really just want dead uh, for whatever reason, you know, you can queue that up. Um, And I won't get too deep into the mechanics or whatever, because some of it's probably familiar to other people or, you know, like that example I just gave, but I will say that just overall, it's um, really like a tight experience. And uh, so they, they've got you queued up for um, like daily rewards, you know, when you log in or whatever. Well, let me let me ask uh, this. Yes. I'm just curious, just mechanically, I am kind of curious to know, is it the same sort of idea where it's like start out with two energy, then three energy, then four energy? Yeah, and yeah it's, so it's, it's the, so that. So it's still that same kind of thing. It's okay. it's that with a small twist. Um, uh, it's, it's basically that from Hearthstone. However, you have these three side track, side gems that are like spell energy. And so if you end a turn without having spent all your mana, up to three of that will carry over into your spell-only energy so that the next turn, you can um, whether that's the, the opponent's turn or your turn, you can you can have max plus three. However, that plus three can never be used to summon extra creatures or minions or whatever. Um, it can only be used for spells. And then ah. with the spells, they they do this sort of magic thing where there's like three different speeds of spells. So there's like the, the ones that you, that happen instantly, which are called burst spells. Then there's ones that are called, that are just fast spells that you can play while things are going on. And then there's slow spells that can only be played as their own, like single discrete action in a phase. So once an attack is declared, uh, you can't then put out a slow spell, right? So it's right. like in magic that these those used to be called sorceries and like instants and interrupts or whatever. But right. uh, that's way back in ancient history. How, but how familiar are you with the League of Legends subject material? I did play it for a few months, like way before Dota Two came out. So I know some that's some of the characters' names. Time ago. 
Um, I thought it was pretty fun. I liked it back then. Uh, but, but then, yeah. But not and, knowing, but I guess you know, you're a little familiar, but how much bearing does that have into your enjoyment of the game? Oh, zero. Because I, I actually don't like the... Um, like the aesthetic. It's weird. It's fun to say. It's it's weird. I don't know really how to explain it, but like, I don't like what League of Legends used to look like. What they've evolved that art style into with this game is a little bit better, but still not <laughs> yeah. ideal. Um when I say I like the kind of the aesthetic of Legends of Runeterra, it's more about like the like the menus and and all the the interface stuff, like the and design just like, of the the things. They kind of have that. I've always talked about how like Blizzard has like a really good feel to a lot of their games, like a good a good click when you open a menu or close a right. thing or whatever. Right. They're kind of getting into that in this game, which is fairly rare. Um, but. Um, my, my other question is, is this a, a CCG like Hearthstone is, or is this yes. more like, uh, okay, so you have to buy packs, or you get packs? And... You, yeah, you can, yeah. Um, your, so your options are to, um, you know, play frequently and get the, like, you know, the soft currency. Or if you want to, you can, like, drop some real money and then get the, the hard in-game currency to then buy packs and stuff. So far... How, how pay-to-win does it feel? Because um, Hearthstone is very, you have to have a specific... I don't know. I'm not that deep into it to really say. I, eh, uh, like I said, only haven't played for a week. I'm probably still at the like you're getting stuff, bang, 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 well, bang. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing stage. you said though is that you're getting yeah. a lot of rewards. You said that this you seems to be one of your favorites of these kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but whatever it is, it's working for you. Is what it is. What it yeah, it really you. is. Um, and I don't know. I just think it's it's so far like a week in. I think it's it's been pretty pretty good so far, uh, and like like I said, the mechanics I think are a real good middle ground between the more crunchy magic rule set, which doesn't really adapt to digital all that well, and the Hearthstone like super simplistic, um, very digital only, possible. overly simplistic, yeah. highly randomized. Yeah. sort of stuff it, like either end of that spectrum is too far to the to that side whereas this is kind of like almost right in the goldilocks zone hmm. it seems like so i'm I, I have to give it a big thumbs up so all cool. right well that's Legend i already downloaded routine. it twice and i'm gonna try it out Download now, on my phone now is this <laughs> available on what what platforms because it sounds like pc it's right yeah oh yeah i'm just playing it on pc it yeah it's on it's on mobile as well okay it's well, not maybe. on the like the Steam or the Epic or anything like that. It's you know Riot has they their own, own just their own launcher. Yeah. yeah, all right, mobile it is. Yeah, it it is like a. I mean, it's a, you download just the launcher for the game. It's not a Riot launcher. It's a, it's an executable for right. Me. It's um, just it's just the game. Well, that's um, and, and then you and then you log into your Riot account. So it's the same account that I use for Valorant or League of Legends. I'm pretty I don't think sure. I have a Riot I you know I, I shouldn't say because I haven't I don't have League of Legends installed. But it seemed to me like that probably runs on a launcher that could also launch this and Teamfight Tactics or something. I don't, I don't know. know why they haven't combined that all into one thing. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I, I don't know. But I, I'm liking this. So well, cool. there you have it. We'll have to check it they out. They want then. you to have multiple discrete icons in your taskbar. Like, that's what they want. Nice. I guess they want all that real estate for themselves. Huh? Oh, yeah, I was just going to say real estate. Location, location, location. Cool, man. Well, I'm going to try it out. I, I like myself a good card game. I played plenty of Hearthstone, and you guys know I played Elder Scrolls Legends quite a bit. Oh, I yeah. think you might dig no, it, because I think it's got chops on, on that front, for sure. Cool. I'll give it a shot. 
All right, Jeremy, I know you've been preparing something really special for us. Yeah, so. yeah. This week I've been doing something a little bit different. And where you were talking about this Legends of Runeterra being only 300 megabyte download, I got you beat. I've got, uh, I'm, I'm actually going to be doing a little bit of a public service this week. Rather than just kind of talking idly about a game that I played and, and giving my thoughts on it, I'm actually going to be helping people. Uh, doing doing some good work this week. I've got three games that are each about 50 megabytes, but they're all tied mm-hmm. together. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but they're all tied together in the fact that they are on, again, keeping with the theme of the hey, free stuff of the, of the day. Uh, I decided I was going to dig into Twitch. It's been a little while. They've been doing stuff over there at Twitch Prime, so if you have an Amazon Prime account, you can get all this stuff. And as we've talked about on our news show, they've been doing some sort of SNK thing. I don't really know what has prompted them to do this, but they're they're going way into SNK, Neo Geo, uh, all of that is on there. And I just happened to notice that for the month of July, those uh, those offerings are now up and available. And they have like four different fighting games up. Uh, and I'm, I want to talk about three of them because there is this murky region of fighting games that is just, it's just escapes me, you know? I mean, stuff like Tekken, stuff like Street Fighter, stuff like Soul Calibur, everybody pretty well knows. But there's this Neo Geo, pretty, pretty much basically Neo Geo, where it's like, this guy's wearing a karate gi, uh, this other dude is an old man with like those long Mandarin mustaches, uh, this guy's wearing a ball cap, and they're gonna fight somehow. And there's a bunch of people, and people out there like know about this stuff. Sounds like an even... SNK fighter. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right? What is it? I don't even know. So I'm like, you know what? Let's dig into this. We're gonna find out. So I picked three of them. The one that I did not pick is Samurai Showdown because it is distinct in that you are samurais. So yeah. you know, at least you could say, hey, that's the samurai game. So I'm throwing that one out. You can go play Samurai Showdown. It's actually quite good. Uh, but I decided to play three of them, and I'm gonna take them in order. I'm gonna tell you what they are. First, I played Art of Fighting Two. Then I played Fatal Fury, and then I played The King of Fighters 2000. Even the names are like, what? Like, what is this even? Well, how I mean, are you to... not familiar with these games? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the, I don't know. Maybe maybe everybody is, and it's just me. But I, I, I again, hypothesize that there are people out there who are like, Art of King of okay. Fury of whatever. So like... if you ever walked by a Neo Geo, you would have seen one of these games. Most likely, uh, yeah. If you ever went to like rent games at like a Blockbuster, they probably had some of these. So the, the first um, barrier to entry, though, is that wasn't the Neo Geo the one that was like $600 or something? like Yeah, if you had it at home. Day? No, I'm talking about arcade games. Nobody had it at home. You played it in the arcade. Oh, I yeah. didn't play it in the arcade. I didn't you see played it thing. at the Safeway. So my exposure you know. to yeah. Neo Geo is like, meh. So this is it for Nobody me. had these at home. This was all arcade games. Yeah, totally. So, so here's the thing. You may or may not know these, but I want to talk about them just very briefly, each one. I just want to tell you what they are, kind of what you can expect to get from them, how they might be different from the others. Should have played World Heroes. Whether Should have played I recommend Garo, it. Mark of the Wolves. That's oh yeah, favorite. I think that one is on there somewhere. It's gonna, it's coming. But I want to start with the one that I like <laughs> the least, and and I am happy to decry it and and condemn it publicly, uh, for everybody. Uh, but Art of Fighting Two, uh, did not care for Art of Fighting Two. Uh, I actually looked up a little bit about Art of Fighting Two, and part of the problem is that apparently this is well known for having some of the most difficult single player versus AI, ever. Um, and it shows like I, I did the whole around the world with all of the characters and I only ever beat the first AI dude like once, uh, no fun. Wow. Um, it has, and I looked up all the combos for these guys and they're all very, um, you need a fighting stick. Yeah, you these, do. These so, games aren't made to play against the AI. They're made against to play against other people. Right, but I mean, in terms of even just landing some of the special moves, so couldn't couldn't really do that. They had a lot of very arcane, uh, you know, like forward and then half circle back, uh, you know, kind of stuff. I mean, just kind of like a lot of weird uh, controls. 
It was difficult to land them. Um, the, the the AI was constant. And again, I realize if you're playing with somebody else, th that doesn't... I mean, assume that you're going to fight against somebody competent, but um, Art Fighting 2 did not really do it for me. Uh, the characters, I didn't find them to be super compelling either. It was a lot of, like, dude in vest, dude in orange karate gi. Um, you know, there's a whole cockamamie <laughs> story about Mr. Karate, who's, like, the undefeated martial Mr. artist. Mr. Karate? <laughs> yeah, like, that's his name, Mr. Karate. <laughs> And Sounds pretty good, actually. And there's a story of some kind. I mean, fighting games all have stories, right? I, so this this game came out in like 1994 or something like that. And came so, out the same year as I'm looking at it right now. Killer Instinct, Primal Rage, uh, Tekken One. Oh hell yeah! Uh, Virtua Fighter Two, uh, X Men: Children of the Atom, which I played a lot. That, of. Yeah, I played a lot of Children of the Atom. And this one though is chasing Street Fighter, but not in a what I would say in a great way. <laughs> Super Street Fighter Two Turbo came out in '94. Yeah, which is yeah. the best street, street and and this was probably chasing stuff that came before that so it, i i do not care for art of fighting 2 i feel comfortable telling you you can skip art of fighting 2 you can probably skip the whole series uh frankly this this thing was so bad for me and i enjoyed it so little <laughs> the series is dead to me now but at least i can say maybe, maybe they figured out with art of fighting 3 they might have they might have um but who, who knows i i like i said nothing about it really spoke to me uh the next one that i spent some time with was fatal fury uh, Fatal Fury is a little bit better. One, two, or three. Uh, this is original Fatal Fury, I believe. Um, actually, now that you're asking me, I, th I think it is just Fatal Fury. I closed all my launchers and Fatal stuff. Fatal Fury but... came out the same year as Street Fighter Two. Yeah. I'm, just giving, I'm giving everyone context. Yes, I th and, I, and I think that's good. Um, the thing about Fatal Fury, so whereas uh, Art of Fighting was really fast, really hard to get a grasp on the moves... Uh, I found that Fatal Fury was a little slower, just in general, and um, most of the characters are, you know, there's like a fat Chinese guy who is all about eating, there's, uh, you know, like a, I, again, just a, a rogues gallery of like B-tier. Does this one have Terry Bogard? I think so, yeah. So here's the thing, though. The thing about uh, Fatal Fury is that it is apparently famous for, and it's kind of a neat little idea, It's all, all of these are 2D, so these are all 2D side. Oh, yes you know, facing fighters. Uh, but this one actually has a sort of foreground and a background kind of a lane, I guess you would say. Uh, so in addition to, you know, all of the, uh, you know, space control vertically, there's the, you know, the Y-axis, uh, back and forth, the X-axis. There is also a little bit of a Z-axis where you can uh, escape and dodge attacks up into the background or into the foreground. Um, fighting can happen in either of these lanes. It doesn't really change anything. The sprites just kind of get a little, you know, regressed back into the background. Um, and you can actually attack into the foreground or the background as well. So there are moves that'll, that'll do that for you. Um, I found that this was a little bit better and uh, and actually just in general was was sort of less frustrating. Um, like I said, part of it was probably that the art of fighting the AI is just so cranked up. But um, I, with this, even though the characters themselves, I would say, are not like awesome, um, they, they at least were something. Apparently... Uh, this does have ties to Art of Fighting. So the other thing that SNK, I guess, does with all of these is it, it mixes them all together at some point. Like there's some, I don't know, Art of Fighting cinematic universe. Ah, thanks like for dropping that. the reference. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We want more cinematic universes. Um, <laughs> but but this one also, I felt like the movesets were a little bit easier to kind of figure out. Um, most of these, and I should say that both uh, Art of Fighting 2 and Fatal Fury have essentially uh, strong, light punch, light kick, strong punch, strong kick and then some combinations of those. Uh, they do also get into the idea of, like, special meters. I think this was, you know, the mid-90s were about when, 
meters started happening. I have a, a dark confession to make, which is that I never ever in basically any fighting game series really grasped how the meters work. I don't know how to spend them. I don't know how to, you know, you can punch, punch, punch or take damage or something and it builds up this meter. But I never, in fact, even as I yeah. played these, I never really figured out like, what do I, I do? I think a them? lot of that stuff started to really get big in the like versus series, the Capcom, you know, X versus X or whatever. Mm. And I never really played those much at all. So I'm, I'm kind of there with you. Yeah. So, and, and I'm like, I'm trying, I'm like, okay, what are the button combinations? And I'm trying to look them up and stuff. And, you know, I will say that the, your, your very first few virgin hours with a fighting game are probably not the best time to, you know, to be like, I, oh, you know, I don't know how this works. Uh, Cause that's the fact you don't know how it works. Uh, but I will say that uh, one game that is, that I did not play, but that I really appreciate Skullgirls. Uh, really taught me some basics in fighting, you know, and this was years ago, but it, it holds true, you know, get your, get your pop, pop, pop with your, with your light attacks until you can get a confirm, then you punish, you know, th those kinds of things. I mean, that's basically how it works. And that, that actually does carry through with these. So fighting game theory is intact uh, for both Art of Fighting 2 and Fatal Fury. But I want to talk for just a minute about the third game that I played, which is uh, the King of Fighters 2000. Uh, this one, 2000. yeah, Dang. far and away, King of Fighters 2000 is the fighting game of this batch that I really enjoyed, and I enjoyed it for a few reasons. Uh, number one, the art and the look of it are much different from possibly any other fighting game that I can think of. Um, the animation in this is sort of like, you know, you know how these days we have kind of these um, SNES Plus pixel art games with a lot of like extra animation, and you know, there's, uh, you know, very fluid kinds of um, uh, you know, sprites from one position to the next and that sort of thing. King of Fighters 2000 looks like that. Um, and as a result, everything kind of moves a little bit more sort of quote-unquote realistically. Like characters will, you know, transition from one move to the next or they'll kind of slide on the ground or something or when you, when they when they duck or, or get up, it's like there's a, just a couple extra frames. It, you know, it still moves fluidly and quickly, but there's just kind of a... I don't, I don't know how to say it, but there's just a, a roll to it, you know, and it just feels really good uh, moving from, from one move to another. And it just feels like you have more opportunity. You still need to be tactical with the way that you are approaching space control and, you know, how you're going to, um, you know, counter with moves and, and, you know, what you're going to, what your approach is going to be, how you're going to enter into an engagement, what you're going to do when you get there, how you're going to back off. Um, but, but it just feels like you have more to work with and it's just real pretty. Uh, the characters also, I think in the King of Fighters are more interesting generally to look at. Um, there are characters with whips and fire hands and void energy hands, um, things like that. There's just a lot going on. There's like an old man with Freddy Krueger claws. Um, that's pretty all right. Um, it just, just generally, it, was, it seemed to me to be more memorable as far as the characters go. The other thing that's kind of neat about the King of Fighters is that it does that, um, sort of Marvel versus Capcom, where you actually have teams of combatants. And so you'll pick um, three or, or maybe even four. You know, I, I, thinking back on it, I felt like I would I would pick a team of four, but then I would choose the first three. I, I think it is a team of three, but you can pick from, you know, a number of a number of characters. Um, and, and you can call in assists from those characters. There's a little bit of that. This game actually had more of the, the meters and the buildups and the special moves than any of the others. So I did not really get into that. There's a whole shield mode thing where it's kind of like the X energy that you, that you do in, um, like Marvel versus Capcom. Um, but, but it is kind of cool to be able to, in the course of a single match, to be able to move from one fighter to another fighter to another fighter. Um, and it's just really a pleasure. The, the other thing about it, too, is that the other games, um, and, and especially the Art of Fighting 2, your health meters would just go down real quick. Like, there wasn't, you know, 
so after after a, a few hits, I mean, I was like almost dead in the Art of Fighting 2. That was another point of frustration for me. King of Fighters 2000, it feels like there's just more life in you to spend. You know, there's, there's nothing that's really going to hurt you too bad. Um, it's only going to be after a pr protracted damage that you, that you finally lose. Um, I could not figure out if they let you actually swap fighters in or out. I don't believe that it does. I didn't see anything that would, you know, like, like, uh, Marvel versus Capcom, you could actually just swap between your characters at any point. So like our helper fighters. Yeah, exactly. But but you essentially would share, I mean, if you think about it, you know, three health meters, which were basically one big health meter. And as soon as you right. you know, you, you would just basically switch people out as as you would. Um but in this it's basically fight with one character until one or the other of you loses, retain your health for the next engagement, and it's whoever, you know, whoever wins out of those three fighters per team, that's who wins. Um, but just generally speaking, I found the King of Fighters 2000 to be the most enjoyable, the one that I would recommend, the one that I'm like, ooh, I kind of like this. And uh, even though it's old, you know, actually all of these, I don't think the look was bad on, on any of them. But whereas uh, Art of Fighting 2 kind of looked, actually, I would say Fatal Fury, the second one they, that I talked they about. They hold up like the way the SNES game and pixel art in general. Holds they, up. they do. I, I would say of these, Fatal Fury, the second game that I talked about, felt a little bit more that it looked like a Genesis game, kind of, than, than some of the others. It's from that era uh, yeah mm -hmm. um but king of fighters uh even even like to right now is like ooh, they did a really interesting you know set of of character animations and you know the 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 different little combos and how the, the character flows from one to the other and, and that sort of thing it's just really pretty um so of all of these i guess i would say that of the three that i played art of fighting 2 fatal fury king of fighters 2000 I would say go with the King of Fighters 2000. I cannot vouch for the rest of the series or how interested you would be in... They've all been great. I, I imagine. There's a reason why you still go to... Anytime you go to any weird arcade, you'll always find a King of Fighters. That's yeah, a, The problem is I don't know which ones I've played because I've always just played them in the arcade, like random... Yeah, whatever they are. They all kind of play similar enough that you can kind of just get by, right? And there's so many in, in all these different series. And they and a lot of them share characters between them too, so it's like, I have no idea which yeah. of these games I've the, the, the only other like parallel construction is there's a whole series of anime-based fighting games, and they yeah. all share characters and stuff like that, and that's a whole other world. That's Not, part of this too. These characters some of these characters they, they will yeah, yeah. kind of cross over but uh yeah well because because you got capcom versus snk versus tatsunoko versus yep. you know yada yada and so it's like six degrees of separation you can get all the way from mario through like <laughs> mega man through like smash brothers through mega man through you know capcom marvel versus capcom 3 through like all the stuff all the way over here to like sam show land you know what i mean only only PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale has maintained its integrity in all these That's years. Right. Um, yeah, we have the, the Kevin Bacon of fighting games, I guess, the King of Fighters. <laughs> Uh, so there you have it. So if you are on uh, Amazon Prime, if you have Twitch Prime, um, I, I would say try it out. I mean, I know if you're like me, you probably Where do you have... get them? I don't even see them on you, Twitch You go Prime to... Page. It's like twitch.amazon.com slash prime or something like that i always I don't just see these on here anymore uh yeah they're in the loot section and they're they're down toward the bottom you have to scroll past because the thing is the way they do it is they have all oh, of the, the add-ons yeah they have all the add-ons like the legends of runeterra starter pack and the you know actually the grand in there these. there's the uh doom eternal skins now there's the cosplay doom guy skin all made of yeah, cardboard and stuff yeah, yeah. uh but uh, down at the bottom so uh if you're like me and you've just been adding just every month like uh, just a ton of twitch stuff to a, a launcher that you never use make sure you grab turok 2 seas of evil while you're there yeah there's there's actually name some your, good stuff and here. name yourself turok yeah name yourself yeah. turok and get a free xbox original get there a free go. burger 
Yeah. King of Fighters 2002 is on here. You didn't play that one? Uh, maybe it is King of Fighters 2000. I thought it was 2000. It's Jeremy doesn't even know which one. Yeah, I, I thought it was 2000. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's 2000. There's an Amazon Games app. Did you download the Amazon Games app, Jeremy? Yeah, well, the thing is, every time I go to launch that Twitch Jeremy loves thing, Crucible. He's big into... Yeah, I I actually did download Crucible on Steam. I never played it. I'm I just, played it. I played two rounds of it. I'm just going to I'm gonna keep it there like my copy of PT. It's just going to be on my hard drive, and one day it's going to be worth something. Um, but uh, yeah, so go, go check that out, Fighting Games. But I would say if you only have time for one, uh, King of Fighters is the way to go. So there cool. you go. And folks, uh, the way to go with the Game Byte Show podcast is uh, that we're done for this episode, but we're going to be back in just a few days to talk to you about the news, new releases, and a special topic of discussion. But thanks for joining us for this episode. If you have any comments about any of the games that we've played or recommended to you, if you'd like to share with us the games that you've been playing, you can reach out to us on social media and do just that. We can be found collectively on Twitter at Game Byte Show. You can also reach out to us individually. I am at Jeremy underscore Lamont. You can find me at Legrand. And I am at Count Elmdor. Find our fourth man, Jared Redeye Dunn, at R-E-D underscore I. And, of course, we're over at twitch.tv slash Show. And now that it is the month of July, I would like to let everybody know that our special event for the month of July is Joystick July over at twitch.tv slash Show. We're going to be playing this month only games that are meant to be played with a joystick and or flight yoke. Uh, so we're going to be playing flight simulators. We're going to be playing mech simulators. We're going to be doing, I don't know, all of it. I mean, you can... Technically, you could probably rig it up to play Dark Souls or something, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna do it all with joysticks. And I'm gonna make Jared uh, on camera show you his rig because he's got like a new a new little uh, you know uh, Hotas system, uh, which uh, is pretty cool. And uh, so look forward to that. Uh, again, that's over Twitch.tv/GameBiteShow. You can also find us at GameBiteShow.com, where you'll find links to all of our back catalog of podcasts, a link to our Discord server. Come join us there, please. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, that's where you'll find us when our next episode comes up, which will be none too far in the future. Uh, so, folks, that's going to do it for this episode of the Game Bite Show podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next time. See ya. Be seeing you. Thank you.